You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Um, yeah, just kind of vibing, I guess. Uh-huh. Snow in there yet? Uh, no. Actually, yesterday and today was uh, warm. Uh, so much so warm. that... Uh, That's what it is. It's climate change. <laughs> yeah, well, technically, um, Thanksgiving Day here, usually, it's warm enough that you're outside in a t-shirt playing football or baseball or whatever with the family, so... You know, I was actually reading a story today about a 45-year-old professional league uh, baseball player who had retired, was out jet skiing with his family on the weekend, went to sleep that night, woke up next morning. Uh, well, excuse me. <laughs> he didn't wake up the next morning, uh, passed in the middle of the night. Now, I don't know uh, what caused that, but we've heard stories like that before. Perfectly healthy individuals who have gotten jabbed, go to sleep, and don't wake up. We've heard that. Is that to say that this guy was jabbed? I don't know. I don't know. I would venture to say that uh, if he's still in the mainstream of uh, politics or not politics, uh, well, sports politics and um, uh, endorsements and things like that, former professional baseball player who was a pitcher, can't remember what team it was, 45 years old, safe to say that the man was still in good shape and he passes in the middle of the night. Huh. Strange. Anyway, let's talk about some tech. I mean, I was surprised if I... The, the, the possibility of, uh, I, I feel like this is going to be the new trend now because of, um, well, uh, shall we say cardiac events? Um, this, this may be a, a new, a new thing. It's possible that, um, given, uh, you know, being, uh, an ath sports athlete, um, maybe, maybe it was a drug overdose or something like that. Cause that seems to be fairly popular in the, the elite world, uh, cause they can afford it and whatnot. But, um, at the same time, it could have been um, exactly what I said, uh, what we speculated is. Uh, he got jabbed. Could be. I don't know. But you've got that that happens. Same time, you've got uh, what we were talking about the other day. They've got around 60 professional football mm -hmm. players in Europe as a whole that have just dropped over with cardiac issues. I find that very strange. I mean, these are some of the healthiest people in the world. When, when this started first, uh, they started doing the rollouts in the very beginning. We were seeing that in American football. Uh, they were having athletes, both professional and, um, you know, college level athletes were having problems with this. Um, by the way, as a side note, do you know what treatment they give for a myocarditis uh, triggered by a vaccine? Do you know what they, they give you as treatment for that? I do not. I do not. What is it? Ivermectin is one of the things that they give you <laughs> to stop the viral replication of the vaccine in the heart. Huh. That's funny. That's that's funny. You couldn't make that up. Uh, I, I actually I legitimately I did not know that. Uh, that's yeah, that's interesting. I, I just learned that yesterday from. A, yeah, that's um, that's that's really doctor. interesting. Yeah. Of course, good luck getting a pharmacy that will actually fill it. The 
CDC, you know how they do the the VAERS report or whatever it is, the CDC, they uh, they removed myocarditis and pericarditis from their VAERS report, so you can't see those anymore as to how many cases of that have actually been caused by adverse reactions. Well, it, see, comrade, if if we don't track it, I mean, is it doesn't exist, right? So there's right. no problem. Yeah. Well, it's just it's just like the um, uh, do, do you remember the Fukushima nuclear disaster from Japan? You know how that that uh, nuclear fallout was kind of wafting across the Pacific and and it was increasing the levels of radiation on the West Coast. Do you, do you remember that? And then the EPA said, mm-hmm. well, that, that's OK. We're, we're not going to worry about that because we're just going to raise the level of what we say is safe and then everybody's fine again. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I hate that the EPA did that. But from a like based on the levels that they were talking about of radiation, it was literally like less than a month's worth of background radiation. So, I mean, the, the amount of radiation they were talking about is very minuscule. I mean, it, it's the equivalent of you taking a flight during the day. Uh, it's taking like an hour flight. Uh, I mean, at, at 30,000 feet. It, it, it's basically the equivalent of that. But uh, yeah, still, I don't like the EPA and they're uh, doing the communist China thing and saying, oh, no, we're going to raise the levels because it's, it, you know, it, it's totally fine. It's safe. That's right. No injuries, no deaths. Right. I mean, that's what that's what they do. No injuries, no deaths. Uh, the Evergrande, we can talk about that for a second. The Evergrande, uh, they were set to enter default status and go into receivership as of today. Uh, as of 8 p.m. Beijing time today, no one was able to jump in and save them. So the German creditor or credit. Yeah, German creditor started to draw up papers to declare that the Evergrande was going to be put into bankruptcy. And lo and behold, wouldn't you know, they just came up with that money at the last minute in China somewhere. It just came out of nowhere. It's it's incredible. The bondholder reported, don't worry, we've got the money right here. I don't know what you're talking about. Bankruptcy? What do you mean bankruptcy? We've got the money right here. It's all good. Well, and to be clear, it was just a payment. It wasn't actually like the entirety right. of what they were needing. Right. Yeah. It was only 160 so, something million dollars. I mean, that's that's I mean, yeah. I have that laying around, don't you? Yeah, it's probably my couch cushion. Actually, uh, give it six months to a year and we could actually be saying, yeah, I've got that that's money. True. Yeah, it's just that's not worth anything. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you'd be lucky if you can get a loaf of bread with it. But uh, yeah, it, it's looking more and more like that insider talk of China's uh, impending economic doom are on the horizon. Uh, that's not hyperbole. That's not conspiracy theory talk. That's a real thing. Uh, and you know what? Yeah. We talked here about ghost cities. This is one of the companies that was like the the king of doing the ghost cities, the Evergrande. And there's other real estate developers that are now begging uh, the Beijing government to bail them out. And they're not finding anybody to uh, to help them either. This is now spreading all over, uh, which is uh, that that's to be expected. That's what happens when you build these mega cities and you don't have anybody in them. And then you send paint crews around ten times a year to put ten coats of paint on a building, and no one lives in it. Yeah, but at the same time, you you have the element of the CCP, the government, uh, was helping set this up, orchestrate this. That's a Ponzi I mean, scheme. Okay, to be to to be fair, I um I fully expected the CCP to throw them under the bus eventually, because that's what communists do. That's what Marxists do. You're a useful idiot. When you've used up your usefulness, you are then thrown to the they actually, tipper. They actually told the uh, the CEO of the company, use your own fortune to pay that back. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. W- wait a minute. You're the one that, that, that had me going, sending crews around building these cities. And it's like, now you want me to foot the bill? Yeah. <laughs> that's... <laughs> 
Um, okay, yeah, we'll have demolition crews out uh, tomorrow, and we will demolish every single one of those things you help us pay for. And you know where the bill's going to go for the demolishing? You, as I'm leaving the country. I was going to say, I'd be defecting uh, immediately. <laughs> I'd be pulling a Miles Guo. That's that's what I'd be doing. He was a real estate yeah. developer. You know, he was like the yeah. uh, like the the Donald Trump of uh, of China. He was high level CCP. He was. He defected. Uh, is, at least that's my understanding of it. He developed hotels and casinos and, and everything else uh, in China. Made a lot of money. You know, made, made a lot. Of, I mean, that's what you do in real estate. Big time real estate like that. So he made a lot of money and then he defected. Now he puts all of his resources into uh, to fighting back against uh, against the Chinese Communist Party. And, you know, I don't blame the guy. I don't blame the guy. You know, he's got a he's got a good team behind him. So good, good on him. As a, a certain dictator down in uh, down in uh, uh, the state of Victoria would say to uh, his uh, his compatriots there in Beijing. Good on him. Uh, all right. Uh, over into some tech. YouTube. YouTube is going to start hiding the dislike button for some reason. I I think this has something to do with the uh, the mass downvoting of the White House videos. And when I say mass downvoting, I'm talking about there's usually a couple of thousand likes and there's about, oh, I don't know, 75,000 dislikes because it's the most popular president, you see. YouTube announced it will hide the dislikes from videos to curb creator harassment. Well, if you're garbage, then, well, you kind of need to take some honest criticism, don't you? Because then that allows you to improve. Honestly, I, I, I welcome negative criticism. I do. I, I welcome negative criticism on, on whatever it is that I do in life because... That helps me see where my faults are and I can improve and I can make changes. That's the point of it. Now, if I'm getting constant negative stuff on everything that I do, then I need to make a massive change. No, see, no, we're not going to do that. Now we're just not going to allow you to make any uh, negative comments anymore. So we're going to continue to push a failing agenda from a failing individual, from a failing group of people, and you're just going to like it. That's essentially what they're doing. Critics are pointing out that this is merely a way of removing the huge amount of downvotes on videos posted by the Biden administration. The company says the change is to keep smaller, cre smaller creators, you hear this? Smaller creators from being targeted by dislike attacks or harassment and to promote respectful interactions between viewers and creators. The dislike button will still be there, but it'll be for private feedback rather than public shaming. Now, um, if society deems what you posted on there to be problematic, you should be publicly shamed. If, for example, you post something and you say, uh, we had an amazing job rec uh, jobs report last month, uh, and yet we've seen inflation the highest it's been in 30 years, Hell, even further back than that, uh, they're, they're, they're saying that inflation is reaching the same numbers that it was back in the 1970s. Um, it, it's going up. Um, yeah, but you then say it was a successful month because you got one bill passed, uh, a $2 trillion bill that's going to put us further in debt and it's going to cause even more inflation. Um, yes, you should be publicly shamed. Yes. You should uh, have to bear the burden of looking at all those pixels that make the uh, image of a downvote. I mean, seriously, are you are, are people so weak that they can't handle having a few downvotes? And as you said, maybe it should be a, a point of self-inflection and maybe you should look at what you're doing. It's kind of like the uh, the comments that they disable now. You were not able to comment on the videos that the White House put out because they disabled the comments, but you could still downvote. Now they've removed the downvote thing. And I think they're talking about removing, uh, didn't they have a dislike button for Facebook for a while and they removed it because 
I guess it was hurting too many people's feelings or something. Didn't they have that for a little while? They so. tried it. They beta tested it or something with a small group, and yeah. and it turned out badly. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I I, I got to be honest. I don't use Facebook or yeah, I, Twitter I, or any of those. I, so I I, I, Twitter, I have difficulty keeping track. Yeah, Twitter. Uh, uh, uh Pfizer put out. You, you remember we talked about the the dude yesterday saying that anybody who puts out vaccine disinformation should be criminals and and all the rest of it. They put out a tweet yesterday with one of their cute little cartoon memes, which the internet's actually blown up over that, and they've put out all kinds of ridiculous memes using that uh, against them and and making fun of them and. On their official Twitter page or on their official Twitter feed or whatever, they disabled all the comments. You couldn't say anything about anything that they put out. It's the same thing. What? You you people can't take the fact that people hate you? Is that it? The World Economic Forum. Do you know why you never see no. a World Economic Forum video on YouTube? Do you know why you never see it posted up there? Do you know why you never get uh, suggestions to watch it? Do you know why you don't get suggestions for it on Twitter? Because the downvotes. That's why. You don't see it because it gets so many dislikes that the algorithm takes it and puts it in the delisted category. That's how hated these people are with their with their ridiculous agendas. No one believes this crap. What, a bunch of masked up morons you guys standing out there? Uh, come on. Which uh, I don't even want to get into that. I guess we can talk about that a little bit. I, I do have some stuff on the, the climate thing. We'll get to that shortly. But I, you can't. I, I don't. To yeah, your ahead. point, though, to your point, I don't think it's that they can't take it. I think it's all a propaganda campaign. Yeah, they don't want don't to hear show it. the negative. Don't allow people to see the negative because there's only no injuries, no deaths. It's only safe and effective. There is no negative effect to this. There's no negative side. This is only a, a boon. This is only good. Uh, so, yeah, they, they have to uh, stifle the negative press, if you will. I don't think they can. Uh, I, I don't think they want to hear it either. Or maybe they do. And they. I mean, I, quite frankly, they're, they're just stuck in their own little feedback loop. So they don't want to hear it. And be honest with you, I don't think they can hear it. Does that make any sense? I, I don't think they can hear it. The reason I say that is because that's another stage. Demoralization. You can't reach them. Those demoralized generations, they're stuck. They're, they're uh, Besmanov said, they're contaminated. There's nothing you can do. You can, you can physically pick them up and take them to some man-made created hell, say, for example, like a North Korean prison camp, which is supposed to be a utopia, and they're not going to believe it. You could take them there and they're not going to believe it. The only way they're going to wake up is if you have that military boot come down on them and stomp on their face. Only then will they wake up and realize what they have done. That's the only way. You can't talk to them. You can't throw out evidence and, and facts and 110% and ironclad proof of something. You can't give it to them because they're not going to hear it. I think it's the same thing with these elites. You can give them all this stuff that we're giving every day and all these things that everybody else is giving are, are giving every day as far as the contradictions of everything that they're saying. We can sit here and we can prove that from now until we're blue in the face to the end of time. They're not going to hear it. Yeah, I think that's probably actually probably accurate for the majority of the um, drones. So we sh shall we say the ones that are the useful idiots. That's pretty good. Um, I like that. <laughs> that's yeah, th that they can't see anything. They think they're in the right. They think um, they're doing good. They're they're unable to see. They're unable to see the fact that having insurrectionists in prison right now for doing nothing more than uh, i believe the charge was interfering with um uh, official business 
that, that that's that's the charge basically so basically you know they is? interrupted congress is yeah, basically do, do you know all what that is do, do you know what interrupting official business is that's literally and if you're doing that like say, say for example you've got a police officer that's dealing with the situation out on the street somewhere and some passerby comes up and gets himself in the middle of that situation where he's got no business you know what that yeah. means that means you're going to get charged with obstruction you know obstructing an investigation or something like that you're going to get a summons and you're going to be sent on your way. You're going to be called into yeah. before court, and they're going to ask you, "What in the world were you doing?" Right? You're going to pay your fine, your little court fee, and you're going to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, QAnon shaman, uh, the Buffalo dude, um, he's going to get four years plus um, is what they're pushing for, and then another three years um, of of supervised uh, release, uh, and then a two thousand dollar fine. Um, we still have. People that have not received medical attention that had a broken wrist back in January and they were refusing to give him uh, treatment. Uh, we had another individual that had uh, a damaged hand and his hand is purple with uh, some of the fingers turning black, which he's probably going to have at least fingers amputated, if not the entire hand. Um, they're not given bail. In fact, the judge says you, you, um, unless you denounce Trump and you denounce your political affiliation, uh, you will not be, uh, you, you won't be allowed to have bail. But the people that are, that are doing this, that are instituting this, that are on board with this, they think they're doing what's right. They think they're locking away uh, crazy insurrectionists, the, the ones that are going to destroy the republic, oh, excuse me, democracy. They don't, they don't believe we're in a republic. This isn't a constitutional republic to them. This is a democracy. Um, they think they're 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 in the right. So getting to those people, uh, going, do do you guys not understand? This is inhumane. Like we don't treat prisoners this way. We don't even treat prisoners of war this way. We don't even treat terrorists this way. They get better treatment than this. Um, yeah, you can't get through to them apparently. You know, I heard somebody describing it this afternoon as and when I say describing it, I'm talking about the way that these people are that are stuck in these these feedback loops where they think that they're in the right. I'm talking about the ones that are for all this like this climate stuff and this this uh, uh, th this covid thing, you know, the, the covid idiots, the branch, co I, you know, all, all these people, the people that are down with this this Marxism. Right. When you come across these people, and I, I, I guess I've had this this experience too. You come across these people, and it's I want to say that it's it's some type of a psychological defection, if that if that sounds right, because there is a fundamental disconnect, and and I mean this all I mean this sincerely, and I'm not just saying this because I don't believe in the same things as they do. I'm speaking about this from a standpoint of reality, as in. How can you not see how destructive either a full-blown communist system or a full-blown fascist system is? How can you not see that? How, how on earth can you not see that? How can you not see that millions of people die when you bring about this system? And you hear these morons that say, oh, well, they didn't do it right. Think about that. Think about that. They didn't do it right? What, so you're, gonna, you're just miraculously going to do it better? What kind of nonsense is that? They're stuck in a, in a different reality. They think a certain way. They, they think that the world should work a certain way other than what it does. And that's just not the way that things work. That's not how the world works. And I'm not talking about this traditional stuff. I understand that things change. I get it. I get it. I, I understand that, that things change, advances are made, and societies and civilizations move on. I understand. 
And I know that different types of, uh, of systems and things have risen and fallen and, and all the rest of it. I get that. But when you try to collectivize a population, I mean, my God, if the 20th century, you don't have to go back 6,000 years of recorded history. You, you don't have to do that. Six, 8,000 years. You don't have to do that. You can just look at the last 100. Just look at world history in the last 100 years, all the way back to the time of the Bolshevik Revolution, which wasn't even a revolution. It was an armed insurrection. I've said that many times here. If you study it, that's essentially what it is. Now, there are those that would disagree. Okay, fine. We can have a difference of opinion. That's what I take away from it by reading about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But when you've got a little over a thousand people that take over two towns and shoot three people, is that really a, a revolution? I mean, hell, those people committed more atrocities than the people on January 6th, if you want to get down yeah. to it. Yeah, they did. You know, and, with less people. So, uh, isn't that considered a mass shooting by FBI standards? By FBI standards, yeah, I believe so. But well, they weren't all in the same place, though. You know, they were there okay. two people. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But but anyway, my point is, is that if the 20th century proved anything to the world, be it one side or the other, communist, fascist, I don't care, one of the extremes, right? Authoritarianism, collectivism. If the 20th century proved anything to the world and to humanity, it is that collectivism, whatever form it takes, is a failure. How on earth yeah, can I, you... Yeah, Conrad, go ahead. Sorry. Conrad, I think you mean it's the way forward. <laughs> right. Right. Yes, that's... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and preach on that, uh, the, the whole podcast, but you get what I'm saying, right? The, the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a mental disconnect somewhere with people that believe in that ideology. How can you not see the simplest yeah. of things? How can you not see that? You know, may, yeah, maybe it's, it's, it's back to what distance. I was talking about. Yeah, it has to be. It's, it's got to yeah. be that that aspect of that demoralized society. But but there are generations in there. You have some that have fallen through the cracks and you have others that haven't. You've got the hippie generation who believed in all that raw, raw communism stuff. You know, it, you, you had that. And then there was a gap. And then you've got the generations that come after us. So I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to work that one out. But there's a there's a gap in there somewhere. I'm not quite sure how how it went down. But anyway, it, side issue. Uh, one thing I want to say on this. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Gavin Newsom. Uh, he supposedly reappeared and gave a uh, gave a, uh, a an interview, but it wasn't with any mainstream media people. It wasn't with any news people. And he refused to take any questions from them. He gave a short interview on a stage and then went on about his way and said nothing to any of the reporters. Supposedly, he's going to be sitting down with Fox News LA today, the local affiliate out there, and they're going to be asking him uh, some questions. So I don't know. Uh, he says that um, he skipped on the climate conference to go trick-or-treating with his kids. Nothing about a, uh, a vaccine thing. He made very clear that when he was sitting on the stage, he said, you know, I was uh, I was trick-or-treating with my kids and that's what, you uh -huh. know, that's what they wanted me to do. And, uh, you know, we, we don't get enough time to, to spend with our families these days. Had nothing to do with the vaccine. I got my booster. Everything's fine. So no, that that narrative doesn't work because we were just locked down for over a year and you didn't have time to spend with your kids. What were you doing? Oh, that's right. You were you were having uh, big dinners at the French Laundry. You were still functioning in society as if there was nothing wrong. See, the the problem I have with him saying coming, uh, well, I was I was out doing family stuff, trick or treating, no, see, and whatnot. You, you misunderstand. No, there would be you pictures. Mis you misunderstand. Well, there was a, there was a there was a short video. They put it up. And it was his entire family waving to the camera. Now that could have been CGI or, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. But he explained. Been, he could have put a face on during that time to you know uh -huh. he, 
But he explained the French Laundry. I mean, you're accusing the poor man there. He explained the French Laundry. I made a bad mistake. Now, see, he he explained all that, right? You can quibble about that, and you know, but it's it's it's, it's the spirit of what he's preaching all the time that uh, <laughs> that gives him uh, the. Forgive me, comrade. Know, I was, uh-huh. uh, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says that um, he uh, he was at the uh, the California Economic Summit. He said that. Uh, he complained about the treadmill of work that he had to plow through. I see he, he couldn't he could. Yeah, he's he's been on a treadmill. Yeah, he's been on a treadmill. Now, figuratively speaking, he's been on a treadmill, of just covid and work. And this. he said he's been very productive through uh, through his absence here. He said he just needed to take a break and a step back. And uh, he said that um, he said that he held an intervention with his children and his family uh, during a family dinner because they couldn't believe that he was going to miss Halloween. He ultimately decided to stay at home because of the knot in his stomach, and it was too much for him to bear. You're using your kids as an excuse. No, I don't believe you. Politicians, they hide behind kids. That's what they do. They hide. Politicians hide behind two things. Traditionally, they hide behind children and the Bible. That's what they hide behind. I'm not joking. That's what they do. They love to do that. What was it Nancy Pelosi said? In her constituency, they practiced the Gospel of Matthew. That's that's what they do. <laughs> you really believe that? Yeah, w- yeah, and do you know what her favorite scripture is? Uh, Romans thirteen. The word. Oh yes, the word. Yes, that. Yeah, that's right. The word. I was <laughs> render unto Caesar. I mean, that's you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it Caesar. is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, twenty four thousand dollars, a pair of twenty four thousand dollars freezers with thirty thousand dollars worth of ice cream in them. Yeah, yeah. Re- render unto Caesar, right? Uh, in addition to family, Newsom claims that he has devoted the past two weeks to work. Though he spent Saturday at the lavish wedding of billionaire oil heiress Ivy Getty. Which is one of the Getty, you know, the Getty images, you know, the Getty family, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but did you say oil? Uh, oil heiress. Yes. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, and somebody that was uh, that was officiating the nuptial vows was Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Man, this is quite an incestuous. Uh... Well, they are related, you know, she she's well, like or he's he's like her her nephew or. Yeah. No, no she he's he's her. Yeah, he's her nephew. Or something, so, some, something, something that like effect. that. Yeah, some some kind of affiliation like that. His wife is related to her brother, or something, or, or so, something. Pelosi's brother, or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. There, there's, there's a connection in there somewhere, and I can't remember what it was right off the top of my head. The explanation that Gavin Newsom gave in the video, he said that he had a change of heart and wanted to spend Halloween with his kids, uh, because of whatever he he said that um, that's. That's kind of funny because his his uh, his press office at the Capitol building said that he was working in the Capitol. He wasn't spending time with his family. So there's something that's not right there. They can't get the story straight, which means no. they're lying to you, uh-huh. which means these speculations and rumors that we're hearing have more credibility. OK, uh, well, since he couldn't make it to the uh, the climate summit, well, I, I think he sent his lieutenant governor in place of him or, or whatever. But uh, anyway, I, what she hit to ride with Obama and Kerry, maybe I, I don't I don't know. But another person who has come out big on the uh, the climate thing over the years. Now, see, it's not just somebody that's been in recent times, uh, somebody that's been an advocate for many, many years has been a gentleman by the name of Al Gore. Al Gore, that's the guy that used to be the next president of the United States, in his own words. Al Gore says his latest solution to climate change is mass surveillance. I mean, that, that's the easiest way that you can that you can actually curb the, the greenhouse gas emissions. He was speaking from the private jet and super yacht owners gathering is, is where he was uh, 
when he was when he was talking about this. Of course, that's better known as the COP26 uh, climate summit. Al Gore was talking about his latest solution to uh, curb carbon emissions, uh, mass surveillance via satellites, sensors and artificial intelligence. Is that what we always used to talk about? A digital dark age or something like that? Something to that effect? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. awful, awful reminiscent of what China's currently doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just happen to have a clip here of uh, dear old Al on uh, on MSNBC. This is what he had to say to Andrea Mitchell. Well, we are in the early stages of the biggest uh, sustainability revolution in history. You know, last year, according you to look who? At all of the new electricity generation uh, built and installed worldwide, 90 percent of it was renewable. Virtually all of that wind and solar electric vehicles are coming on uh, very, yeah, very <laughs> rapidly. Within two years, will be cheaper than their in, does, in, in, internal combustion engine counterparts. And the pledges that have been made here have to be kept. But here's the difference this time around. We're going to have real-time monitoring of oh. where the emissions are coming from oh. and who's responsible for them. Right. So uh, companies, institutions, investors, uh, anybody that's made a pledge, they're going to be held to that pledge. And the United uh -huh. Nations Secretary General announced a new institution to monitor and assess all of the net zero pledges from right. uh, companies and others. And those who don't keep their pledges are going to be called out this time around. So oh, the, the ability to greenwash is going to be diminished quite considerably. Uh-huh. Does that include... And your climate does that, uh, That's enough of that. D does that include the amount of emissions that all of those uh, those lavish idiots at that summit that he's at, which he probably took a private jet to get there, by the way. Does that include all of the emissions that you morons have generated just by meeting in this place? Does that include that? No. Have you seen, have you seen the piles of garbage? And, and I'm not talking about the people that are inside the building. I'm talking about the literal piles of garbage outside, the, the trash that has accumulated because of these people in there eating and, and wallowing around like pigs. This uh, all these uh, the, these fat asses in there eating their burgers and their pizzas and, and their their fries and their their deep fried Snickers and everything else that they got in there because they're saving the earth. But you're going to eat insect butter. You're going to eat uh, plastic bread. You're going to eat Bill Gates plant steaks. But that's OK. There's going to be massive surveillance. You heard him. There's going to be massive surveillance. So anybody that's trying to greenwash, as he said, anybody's trying to greenwash this. Uh, see, they're going to get called out. They're, they're going to get called out They're They're going to they're going to be paying the price for that. Of course, that doesn't include him. That doesn't include the uh, the companies where he has his investments, as you were saying. That doesn't include the uh, the Jeff Bezos types that were there who led the charge in his was it like his sixty eight million dollar private jet or whatever it was. And Bill Gates with his uh, his jet copters and his yacht that produces 19 tons of CO2 a day just to run it. Yeah. Um, so let, let's take a quick step back and look at the surveillance that he's saying that we should do having an increase in surveillance means you have to have an increase of data acquisition systems right so we'll say um things that track um your energy usage um your vehicle usage all those kind of things that requires more computer chips that requires more electricity to power those and uh, then it's also going to require more landfills and whatnot to dispose of those devices they're not talking about the kind of climate impact this is going to have 
just to try and track this information. The more we go down this um, electrical vehicle road and require more uh, green energy and all that kind of stuff, which, by the way, are, that's not recyclable. This, this green energy that they're talking about, the solar panels and wind turbines, they're not recyclable. Um, bits of the wind turbine is because it's metal. Uh, but generally speaking, it's not, not to mention the, the cost of maintenance and, and, and operating those things. And then they're not even functioning uh, all times of the year. Uh, it, it takes a 30, roughly 30% more. Uh, so if you need a production of like one gigawatt, you need 30% more capacity to meet that because wind and solar don't work all the time. But all that aside, they're going to track. Notice he, he, he only mentioned businesses there, basically, corporations. Um, the, the problem is, number one, if let's say that's all they do, okay? Um, it, they only track corporations, okay? It's going to make it more expensive for corporations. It's going to make it more difficult for you to acquire products. It's going to make products more expensive. You know, there's going to be a higher demand, okay? They'll have direct control over what products can be and cannot be produced. Fascism, corporate fascism. Then the other thing that I have a concern with is right off the bat, they, they only listed corporations and businesses, but that's going to trickle down to the average person. So does that mean every single vehicle is now going to have a, um, if, you, if you have a combustion engine, you have to have a tracker in there listing that gives data to the government every time you, you drive your vehicle? It, it tells how much uh, driving you did, all that information. Is that, is that something that's going to be tracked now? I mean, sky's the limit on how much they can do here because, you know, this is uh, you're an eco terrorist if you don't um, if you don't comply with these kind of agendas. And we could say you're a terrorist and use the Patriot Act as an example or just do what the current administration is doing and have a federal court say, stop doing this. And they say, hey, businesses, you should go ahead and do it anyway, even though the courts say don't do it. I mean, but see, Bruce, it's more than just emissions, right? It's more than just the, the uh, what, what was it? The what was it? He said it's more than just Biden talking about uh, methane, <laughs> methane agreement. <laughs> it's, it's more. The, these people have like the, these people are crackpots. They are crackpots. Do you know I was talking about how Marxism? By the way, that's what this is. You know I was saying that this is a mental defect in some way, shape, or form. That's what this is. That's what this is. This is lunacy. This is lunacy. I understand. Again, I understand that there are changes that happen in the world. This is not one of them. All you have to do, and I said this 10, 15 years ago when they started all this crap. I said 10, 15 years ago, I said, all you have to do to prove that this is a bunch of BS is to simply look at the individuals that are pushing it. That's all you have to do to prove that it's BS. Al Gore is full of nonsense. Hell, his wife couldn't even put up with it anymore, so she left him. Just like Bill Gates. His wife probably couldn't put up with his nonsense anymore, so she left him. Look what's happened to him since she left him. Look what's happened to Al since he got left. You know what Al Gore did with his movie? You know, The Inconvenient Truth? You know what he did with that? He flipped the data. Just like everything else that we have seen in the last 18 months, they flipped the data on climate change. They flipped months, the data. Like 50 years. I mean, well, yeah, every it, single data point they've put forward and said, oh, it's going to be a catastrophe. We're going to have water shortages and food shortages and people are going to be wearing masks by 1980. And uh, none of it came true. They're All of it has been false. They're 0 for 41 on climate change predictions. 0 for 41. We went over that list at one point in time. They've never gotten a single prediction right since, what, the 60s? 
since the 60s. They've never gotten a single prediction right. Hell, I remember Prince Charles saying back at the turn of the century, you know, like 15, 20 years ago, I remember him saying uh, the, the world will be burned to a crisp in three weeks if we don't do anything or, or something like that. It was like uh, three months or three years or whatever it was. We've got th- we've got nine months to stave off uh, inevitable disaster. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Al Gore said that all the polar ice caps would be melted by, what was it, 2012? Was it something like that? 2012? 12 or 18 or something like that. Yeah, something, something like that. Never happened. There. Yeah. Never happened. They've had the largest gains every year since then. Doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. One of the people that led the charge to the COP26 summit, who took tea with Prince Charles, was a guy named Jeff Bezos. Now, of course, what, what's one of the big things that they're talking about in all of this is the uh, the rising sea levels, right? It's the rising sea levels. Yeah, you got to worry about those rising sea levels because all the rivers are going to flood and all the... Uh, all the sea levels are going to rise. We're going to lose, what is it, like 30 meters of coastline or whatever it is or something. It's going to be a third. Water's going to be 30 meters deep on the coastlines from what it is now. Right. That's that's what they're saying. Um, well, I'm wondering how that's going to work, because uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, he's concerned about the sea levels rising. You know, he, he's he's really he's, he's deeply concerned about that uh, because of man-made climate change. Um, he just bought a 78 million dollar mansion located on the beach. Huh. He's he's really he's really concerned about that, isn't he? He's really concerned. Al Gore bought a nine and a half million dollar mansion. The, the the Joker that we just played, he bought a nine and a half million dollar mansion in Malibu, right on the beach. Doesn't have a single solar panel on it. You can look at it from satellite footage or from from satellite photos. Doesn't have a single solar panel on it. And he's sitting up there talking about wind and solar. How about you lead by example, Al? Give me a break with these people. Uh, Obama. Yeah. Who spoke? He, he's got a $20 million mansion right there on the, right there, Seaside, Martha's Vineyard. I want to know their investments, all of their investments. Let's see where they invest. Where, where, where is their money? Where are they putting their money? You know, put your money where your mouth is, right? You're, you're, you're talking about all this uh, going green and all this. Where are you putting your money? Let's, let's just have a look at all of those people and where they're putting their money. You know, you know the, the 3D printed steak stuff, you know, the, the 3D printed food and all that stuff. Who do you think the largest, the single largest investor in the world is to plant-based foods and 3D printed meals? Who do you think the single largest investor in the world is? Couldn't be the guy that's constantly pushing it all the time. Yeah, it's a guy named Bill Gates. I, you might have heard of him. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard his name a few times. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting because um, though I say put your money where your mouth is, right? Do what you believe. When you look at their investments, they have all their investments in green energy or these companies that are making all of that. Now, you could argue that, well, you know, if they truly believe in it, then they would be investing in it. And yeah, that's true. Uh, but there's also the fact that you have these grifters that are pushing an agenda and they just happen to have all their investments in those things because they really believe in green energy. In fact, they believe in it so much they're going to use the government to force you. To, to, to go green, that couldn't possibly be a bad thing, could it? That, that couldn't possibly be a Ponzi scheme or, a, or extortion, right? That couldn't possibly be any of those kind of things. They truly care about the environment and what's better for everyone, right? But see, it's so much more than that, though. It's so much more. I mean, you, you heard about the, uh, the climate justice now that they want. See, it's it's not enough. I mean, you had you had people. Uh, well, you had uh, what what is like what is she? Did? Well, Greta Thunberg. She's for the climate justice stuff, right? What do we want? Climate justice. When do we want it now? And they're all screaming through masks. They're they're screaming blah 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 while they're hopping around like idiots. 
That's what they're doing. But if they really cared about climate justice and climate change and all of that, they wouldn't be using those disposable masks because uh, there's been a huge uptick in pollution of our oceans because of those masks. No, they see, really cared. They'd be doing something else. No, see, it's so much more than that, though. It's so much more. When they talk about climate justice, they're not talking about just the weather, right? See, that's what you think about when you think about climate is just that. No, see, it's all encompassing. It's all encompassing. It has to include so many things. This is a climate justice promoter at COP26. And so when we're talking about climate justice, it has to include feminism. It has to include oh. class inequality. It has to include racism. We have to think about everything because all of these other socioeconomic crises amplify the climate crisis and are amplified by the climate crisis. And the same uh -huh. patriarchal, um, rich, um, racist system that we are in, this is what caused the climate crisis. And so we have to dismantle that in order to achieve climate justice. Now, you see, Bruce, it's the patriarchy. It's racism. That's what's caused all of this. So you have to dismantle all of that. It's got to be about feminism, too. You have to dismantle all of that if you're going to fix the climate problem. I, I love I love it when they push the patriarchal nonsense. And then at the same time, you're having a shortage of good men, like actual true men and women are, are distraught that they can't find a good man and all that kind of stuff. But yet they're still continuing to destroy the patriarchal system. And it's kind of like, uh, are, are you stupid? You're, you're, you're telling men they can't be men. And then you're bitching about not having men. It's like, hello, uh, are, are, are you stupid? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I was listening to somebody and maybe we can have this conversation because this is this is a real thing. I was listening to somebody the other day and they have grandkids who are are older, right? They're, they're in their mid-20s. And that's about the time, I mean, that's the time that traditionally, that's the time you want to think about getting married, you want to start a family. I mean, that, that's the time that you want to start doing that. And they don't have any options. And I mean, that by that, this, uh, this gentleman that I was listening to, uh, his granddaughters, they're like, we don't want this, this skinny jeans wearing uh, iPhone toting, wh whatever this is, these morons that look like they just rolled out of bed. That's not what we want. We want somebody that can, well, to use it, Hank Williams Jr., whoever sang the song, they want somebody that can skin a buck and run a trot line. That, that's what they want. They want a man. They want someone who can go out and actually lead, someone that can support themselves and the family structure. That's what they want. They want someone that's a strong individual. They want someone that's willing to stand up and have a family. That's what they want. And they don't have any options. And I, I yeah. feel sorry and for them. Yeah, the the idea that also the idea of problem solving, uh, like you, you being met with a challenge or a problem and being able yeah, get to get through it as a family. I mean, that's that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. But the the thing is, is as men are being coddled and being discouraged from taking uh, risky decisions, so you you're you're not allowed to step out and do like uh, you know this this business uh, decision or what have you. Yeah, there might be great failure in, in what you're doing. And you may actually fail many times, but uh, the, the chance for success in this, right? That's how we innovate and that's how we push forward. Men are being discouraged from doing that kind of thing. And more so as well, just from a uh, efficiency standpoint of things, right? So take out, take out my religious beliefs and all of that uh, from, from the equation. Um, as, as a dude in this current system of things, why would I want to date someone when uh, in the in the situation, our, our society still views women's uh, like, uh, for example, if a woman says that she was raped, 
typically we believe the woman, right? Typically it's, uh, we, 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 the society still supports the woman more so. So as a dude, you're in a consensual relationship. You then break up. Uh, it, she has issue with, I don't know, she's, she's crazy, right? Or whatever. And she changed the narrative. Now you raped her when you dated, but it was consensual at the time. But, it, you know, re regret. Why would I want to date someone when that's a risk? They, they could destroy my life uh, by lying about it. Or how about the fact that um, the, the, the requirements that women have for men, like what they expect out of men, is huge, right? In comparison to what it used to be 50, 60 years ago. Um, why would I want those extra requirements of me when I can enjoy my time, have an average paying job, live like a king by myself, I have access to women perfected? also known as porn. Why do I care about having a relationship with a woman? And so coming at it from a, a strictly secular view and, and taking out my religion, there, there's no reason for me to, to, to date. It's more trouble than it's worth. You know, I, I look at it. I, I look at it. I, I see your point. I, I look at it like uh, I, I see both sides of it. And and I, I look at it as it's a it's an overall uh, it's an overall failure of our ability to maintain what we had. That's what it is. We, it's a patriarchy. That's the problem. You, yeah. you can't have the patriarchy. But but I also look at it now and I think to myself, is it even possible to get it back? Can we relearn that? Can we can we do the 15 to 20 years and go through another generation and, and raise them that way? And I know that there are people in, in our current generation or our demographic that are of that mindset. I get it. But is it going to be enough once you restart the process? Because, because, and, and the reason I say this is because I look at marketing too. The, the entire market, and I lump marketing into this failing, dying system as well. Marketing. Marketing has also played a big role in this. When I say a big role, this goes along with everything. Everything works in, uh, in its own um, how do I put it? When it comes to society like this, everything works on its own ecological system. As in, you live a healthy lifestyle, you have certain expectations of somebody that you want to be with, and they have to hit, live a healthy lifestyle, they have to think a certain way. Okay, fine, you know, you have things in common. But you don't I look need at things in common. Well, that's Back true. in the day, you didn't have to have well, that's true. commonalities yeah, that's true. or, yeah, that's or true. shared interests. Now Back you do. In the day, yeah. yeah, now you do. But I, I guess my avenue that I was wanting to go down is, is I look at the... I don't want to say the dehumanization. I want to say the demasculinity of men. Let me put it that way, because I see the average person out there on the street, at least at least where I am. I, I, I don't know about what's going on over in the U.S., but uh, at least I, I don't know what that is over there. OK, I don't know what's going on, but I see what's going on over here. And when I see somebody get out of out of a car, when I see it, when I see a dude get out of a car, like this is this is an actual story, right? This is a, this is a true story. I got, I was at the gym, right? I go to the gym. I go there to train and all that stuff. I can't go there now because of COVID passports, but this is before then. There's a COVID testing center that was just inside there before they took it out. I'm getting out of the car. As I'm getting out of the car, across the uh, the parking lot there was a dude getting. Or at least I think it's a dude got out of his car. He's got on these skin tight jeans, these pointy leather shoes. Mind you, it's July. These pointy leather shoes a pink sweater vest, a scarf, a man purse and a mask. Well, and as I'm he, getting he's in touch with his he's in touch with his emotions. Oh, he's in touch with something. As I'm getting out of the car, I'm grabbing my my, my backpack and I'm I'm like pulling it over cuz I'm like I'm laughing as I'm getting out of the car and I say very loudly, it was just the two of us there in that area of the parking lot. So he knew that I had to have been saying it to him. I said, "Are you serious?" 
as he walked in to get his COVID test. And I'm shaking my head the entire time. If that right there is the future of Western civilization, man, we got a lot of work to do. We need more than 15, 20 years. We got a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I would say, I, I think you answered your own question um, because you were saying the, you were, you were talking about the, the girls having difficulty finding yeah. the, the younger yeah, generation. That's, that right there is not what they want. They, they don't want that. That I think is why uh, you answered your own question. Because they're they're realizing the younger generations are realizing that the world that we've created, the the generations before us have created, and what we our generation has helped create or is creating, you know, pushing society down. They're realizing that this doesn't work. This is broken. We don't want this. So it, it's going to push them in either one of two directions, depending on how they're indoctrinated. But realizing that things aren't working. Um, that'll get them to look into why they'll explore why, uh, and they'll see how society's pushing now, see what, what it's pushing and be like, this isn't right. This is, this is what's causing my problems now. So it's liable to push them to be far more conservative than their parents, which is the trends that we're seeing is the younger generations under millennial zoomer and younger are far more conservative than their parents. And that's largely, basically you see the problems, uh, this, is all caused by your actions. So we don't want to do what you were doing. So it's going to push the pendulum the other direction. And I, th I think that's what we're going to start seeing is the pendulum, pendulum sh uh, shift. The, the, the concern that, that is right now, what, what, what I have is the pendulum is going to be stopped and it's going to be pulled further left again. And then that, that cycle is not going to be allowed to continue. And in that pull uh, of pulling it further left, what's going to end up happening is they're going to, they're trying to force it. Are trying to do the the digital dark age as we've uh, as, as we've coined it that is what i'm more concerned with because if if they can get that instituted there isn't a way out without violence i don't think that that pendulum was allowed to swing back at all after the war it's like they they grabbed a hold of that thing and they they welded it in place now that that's being broken they're going to try and do what you said they're going to try and and clamp down and make it go further left with these loonies and to be honest with you reagan. I, well yeah reagan reagan, reagan was a it, yeah it, reagan swung to the, to well, the right yeah reagan was a, reagan was a glitch in the matrix that's that's all it was well the the reason I point that out is um, growing up in the the nineties. You know, I, I'm I'm a born in the eighties, raised in the nineties, right? So nineties kids. Um, yeah, they understand. They get it. That for the most part, things were chill. There wasn't really any. There was no kind of left right. I mean, they you had the typical left right, and they would take a pound of flesh, and you know they would share. But more or less, things were fine. You know, you you could have a conversation with a left leaning person as a right leaning person. There was no real crazy extremist like now reason reason main reason yes i'm not going to say it's the oh. only one but the main the main reason is that the, the, the main reason is we didn't have at the time we didn't have 24-hour news cycles that that could very well be a part of it um absolutely uh we also didn't have social media uh the Correct. way that we did yeah that would have been my next you, you didn't have the the joining of um, you, you know, uh, Joe Bob down in the corner that had the shop that was a bit nutty in the head. Uh, well, now you have all the nuts getting together and, you know, forming a little uh, trail mix club and a bunch of fruits and nuts and all, all getting together. And the, we didn't have that. <laughs> we, we didn't have that before. So you didn't have those kind of crazy ideas getting together and, and, and growing, if you will, necessarily. Um, 
not that it's a bad thing that group the grouping's happening um it's just being used for evil currently it's a tool it's a mechanism uh and it's yeah, being it's a, used wrongly it's, it's a double-edged sword though i mean the the technology and the the social media and things like that it's a double-edged sword because i see parallels running i mean parallels always run you always have something bad running alongside something that's good and by that i mean everything that we're discussing here and everything that we're we're looking at as far as like this uh, this climate agenda and the covid stuff and, and and all the rest of it that is a track that the elite are on that's the track that the banking establishment is on that's a track the united nations and and all these other these other morons are on however on the parallel track to that you have the populist movement that didn't go away they tried to smash it with stealing the election in the United States. They tried to smash it, but it's like holding a beach ball underwater. What's going to happen when you eventually let go of that beach ball? It's going to shoot up out of the water. The populist movement didn't start in America. You need to understand that. The populist movement started in Europe, and it started in Europe in 2013 with the migrant crisis. That's when it started. People started to realize what was happening in their countries. They're saying, wait a minute, uh, our governments are forcing us to take how many people? Why? For what reason? For what purpose? Brexit happened. Other countries said, hey, if they can leave, why can't we? Donald Trump got elected. Hey, wait a minute. They're getting pulled out of all these things like the Paris Climate Accords. We, we didn't agree to that. We, we don't want to be part of that. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's back into it, aren't they? Uh-huh. Yeah, see, now, if you look at the movements across the world, across Europe, across Australia, New Zealand, the United States, the people in the streets standing out in front of these government buildings. There is a revolt coming. It is coming. I was listening to an interview of a guy, and Bruce, you and I were discussing this before. I was listening to an interview of a guy that does the uh, the doomsday bunkers. You know, the, the the guy that designs like the, one of the lead guys in America designs the, um, uh, the, the luxury bunkers. I mean, everybody's seen those things. They've been doing news stories on them for years. Uh, Atlas something or other, Atlas Developments or, or whatever it is, that, whoever that guy is. That's who it was. He was talking to uh, one of the uh, survival specialists, uh, one of the YouTube guys, uh, I can't remember what his name is, but anyway, he was talking to him and he said that he is seeing, that the, the guy that develops these luxury bunkers, he's seeing a panic buy happening of the units that he's, that he's trying to build. He says he can't, he can't get them done fast enough. People are buying them up and he says they're buying basically like futures because he doesn't even know when he's going to be able to get to all of them. But one of the things that he talked about was the reason that people buy. Now, they don't really discuss a whole lot because uh, the whole point of buying these things is, you know, you're to remain confidential. And I mean, there's a certain aspect of confidentiality to it and things like that. So they don't divulge any information on their customers and all that stuff. However, one thing that is asked, and quite frankly, I would ask the same question if it were me, why? Are you buying one of these units? I want to know why you're buying one. Because me, as the business owner that develops these properties, I want to know why you're buying them so I can adjust my business model accordingly so I can expand my customer base. Okay, that makes sense. So he asked the question to these people that are buying it, at which these are all, these are not Mr. and Mrs. John Q. Public that are buying these things. These are Wall Street people. These are elitist people that are that, that are buying these. These are the ones that, that live in the ivory towers that ride around in bulletproof limousines and fly in their private jets and have their yachts. They're buying them up. They're panic buying these things. And the question he's asking is, why are you buying these? Why? Why are you buying them up so fast? And they all say pretty much the same thing. There's a couple of varying answers here and there, but they all pretty much say the same thing. Not just in America, but across the world, across Europe, across the Western world, they are expecting a revolt, a massive revolt in the coming weeks and months. You see, the politicians, 
the ones that are carrying this out, these are these health department morons, right? These are the sacrificial lambs. They're the ones that are going to take the fall. The doctors, the nurses that are still going along with this, do you think that the pharma companies are going to take the hit for this? They're going to scapegoat you. You are being set up as the sacrificial lambs. Those of you that are not walking away in the health system, they're setting you up for the fall. They're setting you up just like Fauci setting Peter Daszak up to take the fall. Just like Fauci's been set up to take the fall for Gates. The politicians and the health departments, you're being set up to take the fall for the banker boys. You will be the ones that will have the broken legs, to put it in a, in a zombie analogy, because zombies are very popular. You know, everybody watch, watches The Walking Dead and all that stuff. You'll be the ones that have the bullet put in your legs to be the sacrificial ones. So the ones that have actually caused the problem can get away. A revolt is coming. All right, we're out of time. So uh, we are going to have to go. This week, we will have Ned on our exclusive. He called me two days ago, said that he plans to be on on Friday. He's got a range of stuff that he wants to talk about. I told him not to tell me what it was on purpose because we like to have the discussion. We like to have it organic. We like to uh, to uh, take things as uh, as things come to us. So we're just going to do it on the fly. And that also means that I don't have to talk a lot. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm, glad that, uh, I'm glad that he's coming on. He'll be on on Saturday. Uh, on our exclusive. So uh, get signed up to us on Telegram so you can get that content early. You get access to that uh, to that podcast early. If not, then it'll be out on Monday for all of our regular subscribers. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that is all for today. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.